0: to erase his victory, to use the greatest megaphone in the world to announce to the world that Chance the Gardener has left the building. Not too quickly, of course. Slowly. Carefully. A thorough erasing takes time and must be done gently, or you will tear the paper. Sometimes Hugh, Willie Brown, then a speaker of the California Assembly, told me in a feigned hushed tone before a green light on camera in 1992, I have to admit that what I enjoy most is simply the raw exercise of power. So did Machiavelli. So does your husband. So, apparently, do you. You could no more not seek to be president than George W. Bush could have walked away in 2004 or Barack Obama in 2012. You've wanted to be president before. The desire doesn't go away. To it is added your amazing personal drive to defeat, if only by accomplishment, the loser that bested you and then made you work for him. You wanted the job once and haven't stopped wanting it. You need it, in fact. I was told about that desire in 1978 by Richard Nixon when I joined his staff as a 23-year-old ghostwriter. You would help force Nixon from the Oval Office you seek to occupy. I think it is ironic in that this, perhaps my last book on politics, for I have nothing more to write that I haven't already written in a dozen previous books, I am addressing a member of the team who, in arranging the deposition of RN, opened many doors for me in the years ahead. Perhaps this is a long-delayed thank-you gift though the crisis brought about by the partisan savaging of Nixon set the country off on a course that opened the door to Khomeini. Yes, Archibald Cox, Sam Dash, Leon Jaworski, the old racist Sam Irvin, Richard Benvenisti, etc., etc., they all own part of Khomeini's legacy. Of course they didn't know. And you cannot topple heads of government and heads of state of the world's greatest power without setting off earthquakes. The Qaddafi adventure taught you everything about unintended consequences you didn't already know, didn't it? We will talk about your collapse that night. You may not want to admit it, but it is the central issue of the campaign. That and the disappeared emails and the private server and the doings of your legions of off-the-books operatives. All of those stories and many more simply pale next to the night of Benghazi. You went home. Or were sent home. It was the latter, wasn't it? No matter. That dam will hold. The emails are gone, right? They are gone, aren't they? Even if that is true, what may not hold are the walls around the details of the call you placed to Gregory Hicks that night, and the other things, things that Obama and perhaps Axelrod and almost certainly Valerie Jarrett know. Valerie has enough of your emails on the other topics to, well, assure that you are not going to be trashing her at least until the inaugural oath is sworn, and perhaps not even that. So you helped run off Nixon, you let Mubarak topple, you killed off Gaddafi. Look at the mess you left in Yemen, in Syria, in Iraq, in Lebanon, in Ukraine and, well, everywhere. People of your party worry that fracking will set off tremors. They do not worry about what it means to depose a president of Egypt or Libya, much less a hated Republican. They should. You should. I don't expect that you would ever read this little book after your election, so I'm publishing it before the contest, which I fervently hope you will not only lose, but lose in spectacular fashion, as you do not deserve the office, given your reckless, feckless tenure at the Department of State and the wreckage you and the president have wrought the disaster upon disaster you left behind. I am not assuming your election, of course, far from it. Think of this book as a sort of contingency plan, should you somehow win, in spite of your record, the sort of contingency plan you did not have in place in Benghazi on 9-11, of all dates, in 2012. Thus, I write it in such a way to maximize any help it might give to your GOP opponent, but also in such a way to help you govern should you somehow win, as you are clearly not ready to govern. I do not claim to be disinterested, or pretend objectivity that none have, or very few believe in, and for the handful who do believe in such a thing, genuine contempt for their faculties must be recorded. If you read this, it will be because it may disturb by its title and its reception, its promotion, and because we share a close friend in common, who may or may not give it to you with his genuine assurance that while I am wrong, I am not rotten. He might point to my on-air friendships with many of your long-time friends and admirers." like historian Jonathan Alter or columnist E.J. Dionne, or in-depth interviews I have conducted with Axelrod and other leading lights of your party. People whom you know will vouch for me. For whatever reason, you will read it. If you do in fact win, then, well, perhaps you will recall a few things from these short pages. They're obvious things you ought to do to win, and I expect you will do some of them, and once done, will recall their efficacy, if not their unique origin with me, and revisit some of the other suggestions. Some of these are substantive, some are stylistic, some are designed to assure your star shines far brighter than Obama's, which won't be hard if you don't set fire to the White House.